Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to View with Mike Jeeve. The show of life, the show of scotch drumming, making fun of Tim Hurley, and so much more. Just on the verge of World Whiskey Day on May 19th, 2018, we're here talking with Glenn Fiddick, Brandon Bastard, Mitch Bichard. Had a great chat with him recently in San Antonio. We talked about many things and how drummers think and how it's beautiful to sip the Glenn Fiddick 20XX, if you will. And a beautiful suite in San Antonio. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Glenn Fiddick's Mitch Bichard. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, Charlotte Voisey kind of precedes all of us. Yeah. Uh, she's the, the head kind of honcho, so to speak. Yeah. Um, lovely, lovely. Yeah, and then uh, there's. Jamie, uh, Jaime, sorry, Jaime, from, yes. from Milagro. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think it's me after that, and then Tim. Man. Uh-huh. You guys get in fights often? You know, like a brotherly Has he not told you the Denver match. story? No, no stories about Denver. He was, he was kind of crying in Denver. We did a tasting together. Yeah? And yeah, well, it's, it's a funny story, because it was for the Denver um, Scotch Club. And uh, it was did myself. Did you say, why are you even here, Tim? <laughs> this is a Scotch Club. <laughs> well, yeah, it started off with that. <laughs> So it's myself and Lauren Cousin, who's the Balvenie ambassador. Yeah. Again, another long-standing st- uh, member of, of the ambassador team. And uh, Tim looks over, we're about to start, and me and Lauren are, are on our phones, and he's like, what are they doing? Um, we're actually researching Irish jokes. And uh, <laughs> just halfway through the tasting, we just unleashed all these Irish jokes on him. By the end of it, he was just like, okay, enough, guys. I'm, I'm done here, I'm done. <laughs> First time you saw Tim cry, but... <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's all in good fun. I mean, you've, sure, seen, you've seen Braveheart, right? How, yeah. how that all turns out. Yeah, well, Come someone together. won, right? Yeah. <laughs> a couple people lost. You know, you, you gain a larger, better agreement after such drama. That's how it works. Yeah. Conflict is a great place to start. This whole road through Scotch, you being with Glenn Fiddick for so long, lovely, lovely. Juice, good dram. This all starts, though, in Edinburgh. Is that correct? You grew up... Yeah, I mean, for me, I was uh, in, in various kind of lives within the hospitality industry, yeah. working around the world. I worked in uh, Portugal, Australia, Scotland, England. Um, and then um, I came back from a little stint in Australia, two years over there, and a friend of mine was working as an ambassador for Diageo. Mm. And uh, I was like, oh, what's all this, Di- what's all this uh, ambassador stuff going yeah. on? He's like, oh, you should do it. You should go for an interview. So I ended up going for an interview with a guy, uh, and it was over about five pints of Guinness. And then at the end Good of it, yeah. he was like, yeah, yeah well, well, you've got a job then. You can, you know, start next week. And that was it. And that's <laughs> how I, that was, uh, I want to say, showing my age here now, it was almost 14 years ago now wow. as I st- when I started as an ambassador. So That's amazing. But you know, from what I understand, either from your bio or from kind of some research, you were a really well-traveled kid. Seemed like your family traveled all over, yeah? Yeah, that's the, the seventh country that I've lived no in my life. Yeah. What? Sometimes it's military, sometimes it's hospitality industry. In my case, we moved around all the time. For you? Your family, yeah, what was it? A little bit. Uh, my dad was a captain in the Merchant Navy. Oh, no kidding. Um, so, yeah, we kind of moved around a lot with that. 
Did you live in Africa at one point too? Yeah, um, South Africa, Saudi Arabia. No kidding. Uh, Australia, obviously. England, for me, that's another country. So, <laughs> Good thing Mattias left, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a tall order. Um, but yeah, um, you know, the US is the seventh country that I've lived in in my life. That's incredible. Yeah. Moving around so much. You know, it's an interesting thing. I find I bond pretty well with people that move around that much because in a sense, how do you build a network of friends when you're going to a different country or a different state in my case every couple of years so for you was it easy meeting people did you read more did you write music did you drum more yeah i mean you know i think i've always been quite adaptable yeah. to, to situations like that so that's just i don't know if it's a dna thing or if it's something that you just kind of learn as you as you grow up when yeah. you're moving around that you know I, I don't have the answer to it um i've noticed i've got a 10 year old daughter mm -hmm. i've noticed she's she's very much like me uh, you know, I think she's already in her fifth school or something ridiculous wow. like that. Yeah. And uh, she's the same. She just kind of gets in there, gets on with it, and she's all good to go. So, Was the, I wouldn't say pressure, perhaps that's too strong of a word, but was there ever any urge for you to also join the military? No, I never really had that urge. I don't know why. Yeah, not even like a print nut. You've, you've no, and, and you know, when, when, when I talk about my dad being in the merchant navy, it's not kind of military as such. It was yeah. uh, uh, the, the crazy thing about that, though, I had circumnavigated the world by the time I was five. No shit. Yeah, really? Which was kind of crazy. So. And you don't, it doesn't even phase you at that point, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been around the world Magellan, already on a boat. Yeah. Magellan, who gives a shit about Magellan, right? <laughs> it's an interesting thing. So in terms of the industries, then, your folks weren't, does any of this make sense that you would end up in the hospitality industry? Absolutely, yeah. Because, you know, different people, different situations. Yeah. Um, that was the thing that I loved about the hospitality was every day was always different. You're always meeting different people. This job as an ambassador, even more so because it's different places, yeah. you know, different people. And it's 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 almost um, that hospitality aspect of it on steroids. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's true. Just even more crazy. You're like basically transplanted into a new place every yeah. single day. Yeah, yeah. And you have to, I mean, this. do you think the wardrobe's tough for a Scotch ambassador? You guys all dress pretty sharp. Do you have to think about it? Is a lot of thought going it's through? A, <laughs> it's a, I was thinking about this the other day. I'd say that the wardrobe used to be the standard uh, kilt for an ambassador. You know, oh, that, okay. that was it. That's a little stereotypical, way, isn't it? Way back in the day. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm going right. back, you know, uh, 10 years ago now. Um, we never do that anymore. If I do it, do a kilt now, I've got a denim kilt. So I'll wear that with like a leather jacket. And, like, it breathes boots, better. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I think it's it's good to see now because i think the ambassador wardrobe when it came to scotch whiskey was either a kill or a suit yeah uh, and now it's very much more relaxed it definitely is with glenfiddich and what we're doing with glenfiddich and that's we don't want to be perceived to be you know wearing kilts right. uh, going out playing golf uh, you know playing some bag polo on occasion <laughs> play, yeah, yeah playing bagpipes definitely yeah. don't want to play bagpipes no very, as a, very as a Scotsman, issue. I shouldn't say that, but I do. It's a, it's a really hard tonal. The instrument itself is very jarring. Harley, yeah. you know? It is. I agree with that. Do you guys all get the token Wu-Tang Clan hat that Dave's got? <laughs> that's an amazing hat. Yeah. No, that's definitely his uh, his jamming. He's going on with that. DJ's is a brand ambassador. I mean, it's a pretty good extension. Of I think that. he's doing more DJing now than he's actually uh, talking about Glenn <laughs> Fittick, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Eventually, he's probably going to record a record all about scotch and just, <laughs> so he could just spin it all the time. When it comes to scotch and drinking and just that general sense of hospitality food, was the family a good place? Rather, did you guys enjoy drams together at any point? Some, sometimes I find that alcohol introduces itself quite later in life. You'd expect like Dave, right? 
that there would be lots of scotch early on, but that was really not the case. But for your family, was it a piece? No, not really. It wasn't. It wasn't really a big part of of my kind of DNA, so to speak, growing up. Uh, and I think that's the interesting thing in in Scotland back in the day. I think it's changed a lot now. Um, but when I was growing up, it was definitely seen as more of this kind of old person's drink, and yeah. you know, no one was really kind of drinking it. And almost we had a generation skip with 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 my dad. Um, because his dad was drinking it, so he wasn't interested in drinking it. Got it. Um, you know, when I look at Scotland, it's it's changing now, but back in the day, everyone was drinking more vodka. Yeah. Believe it or not, the first whiskey that I started drinking was Jack Daniels, no, well, as opposed to Scottish whiskey. It's crazy, isn't it? You go to any place in China, you're going to get Jack Daniels. Yeah. And it's strange that that is the iconic whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Did you have an appreciation for it, or was it just the means to an end? Yeah, that was a little bit of both. I yeah. mean, I always kind of realized that that I liked um, like liked whiskey and liked that taste of it. Um, I think the first one that really kind of hit home for me for a single malt um, was Highland Park. Mm. Tasting Highland Park, and I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here? This is fantastic! I need to start looking into this a little bit more." And that's where my kind of knowledge of, of uh, or my interest, I should say, of, of, of single malt scotch whiskey kind of started to grow. You also had what we could consider a side career as a musician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Often the best way to generate some revenue so you can pay the bills is to do bartending and doing stuff behind the bar. Was that ever going to be a big thing for you, to be a d- drummer, a touring drummer? I mean, we talked yeah, about I mean, you opening for Travis, which is a cool thing. It really is. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a fun kind of time in my life. Basically, it was um, a couple of my friends that we were just messing about on instruments. One of them... He played guitar, but he'd never played the bass before. I remember mm. I went and grabbed a bass and said, okay, you're going to be the bassist in the band. Um, my other friend, Gary, he'd never sung in a band before or had anything to do with that. Yeah. I was like, you've got a good voice, you're going to do this. And then we started off just kind of doing covers and, and kicking around, and then we started to get serious about it. Um, about two, three years later, we, we, we managed to get a little record deal. No kidding. Uh, which was, yeah, a lot of fun. So we actually put out, at the time when CDs were big, yeah. or you could listen to at the time, sure. going back to the 90s now. Um, you know, that's... So yeah, we had uh, we had two CDs out at the time, and that's amazing. Uh, yeah. you care to tell me some of the influences or what? Perhaps yeah, it was kind of that. Uh, it was kind of that <laughs> uh, Rage Against the Machine kind of style. Uh, riffy, single yeah, kind, kind of very rocky. It was like bass, you know, drums, guitar. Yeah. Um, the the singer that I was telling you about, he was right into Public Enemy at the time, oh, so nice. he was kind of he started off going really heavy on this this kind of rap vibe, uh, and then he, he he chilled out as we got a little bit older and yeah. started to get a little bit more melodic and. Yeah. When did that come to an end or fizzle out? Um, it was, I want to say, to be honest with you, I can't remember the exact year, but maybe in mid-90s. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was the one that pulled the plug on it, for, unfortunately. What was it for you that made you want to stop? It was just, a, I mean, we got, you know, we had this kind of nice little record deal and we were looking at a bigger record deal. Unfortunately, that didn't come about. Mm. And after that, everyone kind of started to lose interest, unfortunately. And, wow. And about how old were you when you were doing that? Uh, I was in my 20s. Yeah. Good yeah. time to do that, oh, yeah. actually. A lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of good stories that I can't tell on this. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. But you were, had to have been the ladies' man. Even if you were a drummer, we make jokes. Yeah, yeah. But they do pretty well, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's like the guy that hangs out with uh, musicians, right? <laughs> I, I mean, if you think about it, you are the backbone of the band. Without you, it's just a punch. They're fiddling, fiddling around. That's what I always said to everyone. That was my excuse. <laughs> to make yourself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> At what point do you think that you realized what you talk about Highland Park being kind of this aha moment about whiskey, maybe having an offering something more for you? But as a career, did you ever think that branded bastardship, a guy drinking and talking whiskey and traveling, 
doing all of those things was an actual career that was possible to have? No, I mean, no, definitely not. When, you know, when I started in hospitality, brand ambassadors didn't really exist. Yeah. That's all, that wasn't a job. Um, when I first started as a brand ambassador, I was actually looking after all the categories. I, you know, I was with Diageo, mm -hmm. and um, I was looking after their rum, um, tequila, uh, scotch whiskies, and, and vodka as well at the time. Wow. So I had to cover all bases. Uh, and then I started just specializing within their, their scotch whiskey portfolio. Is that more comfortable, kind of leaning towards getting me back to home, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, th and then from there, that led to uh, moving out to California and, and um, talking about Glenfiddich. LA, yeah? Is that where you're hunting? Yeah, yeah, I was, just, uh, I was down in Newport Beach. Newport, okay. Yeah, yeah, so I was down there for five years, and then I've just moved to, to North Carolina. Man, so I, you know, I was talking to Tim about this earlier. Been all throughout the States. Heard some good cities, right? Loved Salt Lake City, lived there for a bit. Omaha is even a really nice spot. North Carolina never comes up on my radar. No? <laughs> not to say it's not a beautiful, it's a beautiful place, but why, why North Carolina? Well, there's a couple of reasons. I mean, you look at all these surveys that are being done right now. I, I stay just outside of Raleigh. Okay. Um, and, you know, Raleigh's constantly getting in top 10 yeah. uh, underestimated cities to go and live in, you know. Yeah, lots of jobs actually surfacing in tech in yeah, yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, a lot of tech, a lot of pharmaceutical. Yeah. Um, and the the quality of life is amazing down there. I've yeah. got a 10-year-old daughter. Schools are fantastic. Great. Um, so, yeah, I sound like an ambassador for uh, for North Carolina. <laughs> You're a good father, to. come on. <laughs> So yeah, but but I, but I liked it. You know, we were always um, we we're always always planning to buy a house over here, and being in Newport Beach, California, that was never going to happen. Yeah. So, how long have you been married? Fourteen years. It's amazing, yeah. especially for a guy that tours all the time. Yeah. Relationship is it difficult to maintain and keep healthy given you're on the road all the time? I mean, the great thing is, you know, my wife hates me, so I'm on the road all the time, so she never gets to see me. <laughs> you keep adding it, right? It's like you already hate me; you it's can't like, hate me more, can you? If I'm home for more than two weeks, she's like, uh, you know, when are you, when are you going on the road next? Uh, when's your next trip?" <laughs> well, before we talk about Glenfiddich, which man, you know, I've had meeting you guys, so Dave, Wingo, Trevor, Maddie, just a moment ago, and kind of spending some time. With Glenfiddich, some real personal time. It's emerged one of my favorites and most accessible. Oh, I and I really, that. really love that aspect of it. And what it's really allowed me to do, much like the bottle does for some writers or musicians, it's really inspired me. It's helped me create a lot of things. When you think about how you are as a creative guy, even though you're a drummer, all jokes aside, do you have outlets to still create for yourself? Do you write? Do you sing? Do you do these other kinds of things. Yeah, I, I still actually keep my, my kind of hand in with regards to the drums. No kidding. And the cool, the cool thing is um, I bought a drum kit uh, about three years ago and uh, I've started teach, teaching my daughter now. No well, way, so that's That's kind of cool. She's, she's pretty handy. Yeah. yeah so I get well, her, like, it's genetic, right? Yeah, I get her playing along to songs and it's all the songs that I like that she plays along to. Is, so. she, is she just put up with it or she actually likes the no, well, old we've, stuff? Right? We've got kind of similar tastes in music, luckily. No kidding. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, our fav favorite band's the Beastie Boys. Got some amazing drum beats, like licensed to ill when they started going really organic instruments. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah. No, yeah. Ill, Ill communication, um, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Well, I think it was Paul's boutique before that when they started kind of. Yeah, that's right. Well, they, doing a little bit more. Check your head and stuff like all yeah, that yeah. stuff when they really yeah. get into it. That's kind of a nice thing to be able to share. Does it kind of help you feel revitalized and creative again? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, for, uh, I think that's the thing about <laughs> I love about drumming as well is if you've got any anger, it's yeah. great to take it out on oh, the drum kit. Amazing. <laughs> Wood snare or metal snare for you? Uh, yeah, wooden. Good. Yeah, better snare, yeah. better resonance. Just as a drum nerd producer, aside, <laughs> right? 
when we think about Glenfiddich and you're on the road talking about this whiskey, which is insanely accessible, obviously I've had the peated version, which is just kind of like an mm-hmm. import. It's really lovely stuff, but also it's, it's comfortable. It's harmonious. It feels like home in a way. When you're out traveling, what are some of the things that you really have taken away personally about Glenfiddich that you say, this is how I feel about Glenfiddich? I mean, you know, the, the big thing that I always talk to, to everyone about is the you know, being Scottish, I'm very proud to say that it's still a family-run distillery. That's yeah. that's huge. You look at the amount of distilleries that are in existence right now in Scotland, you know, well over 100. Um, craft distilleries alone, last year I think it was something like 16, 15 that opened up. Yeah. There's another 18 planned to open this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's going through the roof. But you look at the, the traditional distilleries that are still around, there's only four of them that are still owned by the same family. Mm. So that's, I think that, and that's a huge thing that people can relate to in, the, in this day and age um so me for me as a traveling scotsman i love telling people about that yeah um it's it, it's an easy one it is and it makes people it kind of takes the corporate nature out of it a little bit you know if it's Absolutely, like this yeah. is a family not yeah. a corporation right i think people it resonates and it, and it is a good point it's not just a thing that we talk about um you know i do have contact with the family members and they'll phone oh, wow. me up and and if they're in town, we'll go out together and, and they'll want to see accounts, they'll want to see what we've been doing. It's amazing. Um, yeah. How many generations deep now? Six. Six. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine doing anything for six generations? I mean, obviously you wouldn't have been alive all the time, but <laughs> I can't imagine my family <laughs> no, being... It's have, crazy. It's it's insane yeah. thought. Yeah. And the kinds of... The other thing I think I give I want to give you guys credit for is being so kind of innovative and thinking outside of the box. Scotch, in your opinion, can scotch be a really stuffy category in terms of what the what people feel about it and like how they act about it? I think if, if you'd asked me that question six, seven years ago, I'd yeah. say absolutely. Um, now, completely different. Everything's really, really changed. What um, do you think is the reason for that? I think it's just the fact that it's not that kind of old man's drink anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you have to have your smoking jacket on, your pipe, your dog by, by mm-hmm. your side and sitting by the fire and then you can crack open your bottle of scotch whiskey. Um, for me, what I love is that the younger generation that are really starting to embrace this liquid. Yeah. Um, I'd say around about 30-something is the average age group whenever we do a tasting now. That's amazing. A lot more females, That's which is amazing, amazing to see. Yeah. Um, I'd say at least 30 to 40%. Um, now, females really kind of getting into Scotch whiskey, which is great to I'm see. I'm really glad to see that. I'm actually glad to see more female distillers as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, within the Glenfiddich team, we've got five ambassadors in the U.S. and two of them are now female. That's amazing. It's it's just something that uh, they impart a different perspective. Sometimes something I can't do myself, but I can really resonates with me, kind of connect. And I think, you know, as well, the other thing is females tend to have a better nose and a better palate than us guys. Right, genetically, absolutely. Olfactory gland and all that kind of stuff. (sighs) Well, I'm going to have to drink to that. (laughs) (laughs) I will always be the inferior sex, man. <laughs> no matter how much hair I have on my body. That's not really a talent, frankly. Although, you know, maybe I can commoditize it someday. <laughs> 12 year, the 14, the 21, the 18. Amazing collection and portfolio of whiskeys. For me personally, 14, bourbon. That's it. That's one. And in this community, that's a lot. Of, I have a, f- a lot of fellow mates that we feel that same way. But for you, what's the one that you really can count on? What's home? Are you out of the Glenfiddich? Um, you know, if I'm out and about, the one that I, I always kind of gravitate to and I see most of kind of behind the bars of a 15-year-old. Oh, yeah. So that's, if someone said to me, Desert Island, um, which one are you going to take? Yeah. It'd be the 15. Which one do you think 
is the most challenging but yet rewarding? Oof, that's a good question. Uh, I'd definitely say the 1818 is the heaviest. Yeah. Uh, it's the most full-bodied. So if someone likes PT Scotch whiskies mm -hmm. uh, or they like cigars, then I'm going to say to them, okay, let's let's start you on on 18 year old. Which cask treatment is the 18? I can't. Remember. So the 18 is done. We we hand select 160 casks, mm -hmm. uh, around about 20% sherry, and then the rest ex bourbon. Gotcha. Okay. So it's a nice, nice salinity and nice, real deep American sensibility, right? With the <laughs> <way. Yeah. laughs> it's a good one. So a little higher proof on that one, or is that still? 18? Yeah, 43%. Uh, okay. So it's a, it's a little bit more um, a little bit more spicy, yeah. a little bit more aggressive. It's you know the 15 year old. My my running joke with the 15 year old is. It's like a penguin wearing a, a wetsuit wet going yeah. down your throat. It's very, very easy. Interesting. Um, the 18-year-old, if you do that right after the 15, it kind of reminds that, you, you, that you're drinking scotch whiskey right. again. You know, it's very kind of... Well, sometimes when things become too mechanical, you want to stop and you want to jar someone and bring them back into the moment. Yeah, yeah. Right. Especially as I'm sure you do lots of media. How rote does that become? Going through the script, talking about Glenfiddich. These are the features. These are the cocktails. Do you feel like you want to break away sometimes? Talk about some other. I things? mean, you know, that's that's the great thing about working for this company is they don't they don't want you to be a robot. Yeah. They don't want you to do the same interviews over and over again, the same tastings over and over again. Yeah. We just completely revamped all our tastings for this year. Really. So we're completely moving away from the traditional masterclass um, that we're going to be doing. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, and and as a as a group of ambassadors, we were all very involved in that conversation it wasn't like okay guys this is what you're going to be doing uh here's a catalog of clothes that you have to wear here's your script right that's never going to happen with william grant and sons and, and that's one of the reasons why i've been with them for the last seven years it's amazing I, they keep you know if i was are you familiar with glassdoor.com it's this site that allows previous and current employees to rate their employer no really i'm sure there's only it's a four-star scale i haven't looked at william grant sons yet yeah. but i'm okay. almost certain Four stars. You know, now there's going to be everyone listening is going to be. They're, you know what? That off. If you get <laughs> good talent, <laughs> if you get good talent, I think that's a brilliant thing. It's an amazing team. I just, you know, feels so communal. Feels like a family. Yeah. Everybody speaks so highly of each other. Besides you and Tim, you know, you guys fisticuffs. And stuff. <laughs> that's okay. Healthy wait, tension. Wait till you see the seminar after this <laughs> in uh, forty minutes. Forty minutes. Amazing. Let's talk about the twenty or the double X whatever people are calling it multiple things i don't even want to chime in there but <laughs> 20 different casks yeah yeah so project 20 i mean um, what we do every year all the ambassadors throughout the world go to the distillery yeah. and we go there for a week and uh it will be a variation of we just either stay at the distillery or we'll go and visit other competitor distilleries one year we went to jerez mm. down in spain to check out the, the bodegas down there Amazing. and all the casks that we use for for glenfiddich um, another year we went over to Copenhagen. Um, so it, it really kind of, it's very much an educational trip that we do every year. Yeah. And it's a chance for all of us to get together. So two years ago, they gave us the keys for warehouse number, I think it was two, one or two. Um, and they said to us, okay, go in, check out the casks there, mark ones that you like. Yeah. Just put your initials on them. So we got to, to do this with five of these casks. Uh, a couple of days later, all the samples had been pulled from all these casks. We sat down for about two hours. We went through all all our samples because yeah. we'd never tried them. We were just looking at these casks by sight, and wow. we all picked our favorite cask. Wow. Um, so, yeah, 20 of us, so hence Project 20, um, 20 ambassadors from around the world. Uh, and the cool thing is, you know, it was it ended up, I think it was around about 70% um, ex-bourbon cask. Mm. 
that's the lion's share of what we have at, at Glenfiddich right now and most distilleries in Scotland. As you probably know, 90% of what we use are ex-bourbon casks. Amazing. Um, and then the the rest were sherry casks and there was one port pipe. Really? That was yeah. it? Yeah. So that was that was picked by uh, Beth, who's our Canadian ambassador. She managed to get her hands on, find this sneaky little port, port pipe in the corner. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, the, the cool thing was Brian Kinsman, our malt master, he was with us mm. when we selected our casks and he made up a blend, a mini kind of blend there and then, wow. um, taking these 20 samples and going, okay, and gave us a little taste and said, this is kind of what it's going to taste like. So when you look at the bottle, the reason there's a fingerprint on it, it's an amalgamation of all our fingerprints. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, I was worried for a bit when we talked about this, but I got s- maybe some bad info, but turned into good info that the 20 was a limited release. But now I can finally rest assured that at 47% with non-chill filter, an amazing expression of Glenfiddich, I'm going to be able to drink as much as I want. It's a permanent <laughs> thing now. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, we're going to keep this. Uh, so this is the... Number two of the the experimental series that we're yeah. doing. Um, so the first one was the IPA. Uh, so the IPA and the Project Twenty are all going to be permanent line extensions of Glenfiddich. And then Snow, Winter Storm. Winter, excuse me. Yeah, Winter Storm. <sighs> snow Phoenix was another one. Yeah, that's, that's a whole that's other what story. I'm thinking about, yeah. <laughs> do you know what maybe four or five is? It's things that you can talk about. Nope, I do know what they they are, but I can't talk to you about them. If they're in approval, <laughs> I'll find them and I'll share it. But yeah, they, I can't. I can't wait. You know? I mean, five five is going to be really interesting. We were actually we sat down with five. Um, couple of weeks ago and yeah. again the great thing about this company is they want honest feedback from the ambassadors about the liquid yeah so um the ambassadors within the u.s we sat down with five and we gave our honest opinion on it it's amazing that's all i can tell you about five it's fine <laughs> i'm a i'm a cheeky fucker so i will find the info and i'll put it out anyway it's just that when someone tells me no i just get it up my ass and be like no 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 okay fine well, i'm gonna find it but I mean, you know, and this is what really excites me right now about Glenfiddich because we're trying to, you know, it's throwing the rule book out. It's like, how far can we push this? Right. Um, so to go back to the IPA, originally when we, we put out this idea to the Scotch Whiskey Association about doing uh, a Scotch whiskey that was going to be finished in beer casks, mm. they pushed back on us, said you can't do that because traditionally you have to use something that Scotch whiskey was aged in back in the day. So we actually had to go back in records and find at a point that beer casks were used wow. for Scotch whiskey. And that's that's, that's how we got we got around that. So, you know, the IPA is the first ever single malt to use beer casks in the finish. Uh, Winter Storm is the first ever single malt to use uh, ice wine yeah. in, the, in the finish of it. First, yeah. comfortable place to be at the, yeah. at the head of the pack, isn't it? It's quite nice. So we've got a couple questions left for you. Rather, I have a couple questions left. We've got a, you're, gonna, you're just about to hit the stage for this class here at the San Antonio Cocktail Conference. What would... A nice, studious person sitting in the crowd expect from your chat here this afternoon? I think, um, well, you've probably heard from Tim already about how it's going to be, but it's pretty much uh, the gloves <laughs> are off. rubbish, he said. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no it's going to be good. It's, you know, we're going to talk about the history of um, Scotch whiskey versus Irish. Um, there's there's going to be, it will be a Tullamore Dew and then a Glenfiddich, then a Tullamore Dew, tasting yeah. all the way through. Um, and then, you know, what, what makes Ireland great? What makes Scotland great? Right. Uh, and then we uh, do an arm wrestle at the end. I figured as much. Yeah. Is either a fight, like a fight to the death, fists only, <laughs> no gloves, or arm wrestle. But you're, I mean, Tim's a little taller than you, is he? He is, but he's, he's kind of Blanky. scrawny. Yeah, he is. He's not been working out as much as I have. No, he's lifting eggs. It's not very heavy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and potatoes. And pota- <laughs> You've been li- lifting a cask of scotch. Exactly. That's hundreds of pounds over your head. Free weight. Very, very, very <laughs> admirable. So two questions left for you. Mm-hmm. You're sipping the 20. 
anywhere in the world, at one of your favorite bars, maybe at your house, and you can have a conversation and sip that scotch with anybody, living or deceased. Who might you love to have a dram with? Mm, that's a great question. Um, deceased, I'd probably, I mean, I think getting kind of sentimental, uh, I'd probably say my granddad. Yeah. My granddad kind of passed away when I was that annoying teenager stage sure. of my life. Ah, same, same here. My grandma passed away at that time. I was a dick. I, was a, yeah. I really was. Didn't care about that relationship, you know? Yeah. So I'd, I'd kind of like to, to sit with him properly as a mature adult. Yeah. Kind of semi-mature, I suppose. <laughs> um, and, you know, have, have a proper adult conversation over, over a dram. You able to share a dram now and again with your father? Uh, yeah, no, touchy subject there. He's moved to Mauritius and me and him have kind of fallen out. So. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, it's an interesting thing to find. You know, my dad didn't drink for a long time. And only in my late 30s was I able to share a dram with him. It's strange, but it eventually happened. So I hope you guys can. Yeah, I mean, you know, stuff, you know, my, my mom's got a, a, a new boyfriend. Yeah. New boyfriend, is that the right way? I don't know. That's probably bad <laughs> phrasing, right? A new partner. <laughs> I don't know how you put it. I mean, they're not married, so it's a, yeah. it was an awkward way to put him. But, yeah. uh, you know, Graham's a cool guy. He loves his drams, so. Good. Me and Emma always sit down and have a good chat and, and drink a bottle you responsibly. A, a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> a mini bottle, obviously. No, of course. <laughs> but it's always mini depending how far away it is. So like if it's down the street, that's a mini bottle, of course. We can achieve that. Last question then, this balance, you know, I think something that's really important we're talking about the conference here, Mattias and I were just talking about, it, whether it's psychological health or physical health. How do you keep that balance between not drinking too much and still being a good father that is physically able yeah, to be a father? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's just I always have a kind of routine when I'm on the road. Yeah. Um, and that in, involves physical activity, just working out, getting to the gym. Arm wrestling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think as well, my, my family does keep me grounded with regards to that. I mean, yeah. today is a perfect ex example. I've been on the road all week already. I was in New York all this week. Uh, came here late last night. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be, I could stay for the weekend, but I'm going to be jumping on a plane at, at seven o'clock tonight to go oh. back so I can spend the weekend with my daughter. That's great. Um, you know, so that definitely keeps me grounded and kind of keeps me from killing myself yeah. on Glen Fiddick. <laughs> no, but I think, I think all the ambassadors, jokes aside, like within William Grant and Sons, it's some, something that we're very cognizant about. Yeah. Uh, and the industry as well, it's, it's, it's a big thing right now. And it's, um, you know, I think everyone's very aware of just being out there and, and, and monitoring your drinking. And, and, you know, like you say, we are a family within the ambassador team. We all kind of do look after each other and, and look out for each other as well with regards to that. It's a very, very important thing. Balance, family, love, all of it. Not to get too hokey, you know. <laughs> We're going to start hugging in a minute. <laughs> that won't be recorded. I'm looking. That will not be recorded. Mitch, it's been really brilliant chatting with you, man. And yeah, you too. I think it's going to be a great class. I don't want to have to wear this ran wrap to avoid the blood, <laughs> this bloodbath between you and Tim. I think you got, it looks like you got reach. You're a drummer. You guys are stocky sometimes, but really strong. Yeah. So, what do you think the odds are right now? Oh, geez. Five to one. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good Vegas odds. Um, I got a 20. I'll give it to you here in just a moment. So, <laughs> thanks so much for sitting down. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Glenn Fittick's Mitch Bouchard, a nice guy, calm, collected, sipping some Glenn Fittick Experimental 20 in a suite in a beautiful San Antonio hotel. How he ended up in North Carolina, it is an amazing journey, an interesting narrative, and perhaps we can get him to 
form an all-star band with some of the other folks at William Grant & Sons very soon. We will just have to see. So thank you for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how many guitars you've got in the room that you're in, you're thinking you probably should get rid of a few of them. Or if you're eagerly awaiting the return of your wife as she trekked through Scotland all of last week, please keep dancing. <laughs>